have questions, please post your questions. We might not, we're not going to answer them today, but we will answer them on Wednesday night during the Bible study. So if you have questions, please post them. We're going to have questions from the audience here as well. So we welcome you to join us, share it with friends and family. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Bruce Perkins. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Let us pray first. Heavenly Father, we truly thank and praise you for your glory, for your mercy, for your revelation knowledge. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to really get into some understanding on role versus purpose. We pray, Father, for our pastor, First Lady, as they're traveling back home from their vacation. We thank you for them. They have been a blessing to the body of Christ. We thank you for those that are assembling here today, Father, in the sanctuary. We pray your blessings upon them, that our eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, mm. that we will learn to grow, to develop, to be more like Christ, yes. to take on the mind of Christ, especially in these times today, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Before we came on the air, I was telling the congregation that I had been um, doing biblical counseling for a while. And uh, one of the main things uh, that happens when we get together with couples is learning to understand the role that they uh, have established within the household. And that role is always a conflict between the two. Yes. There's, uh, because traditionally, we walk in the role that was uh, passed down from our fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, we... We, we did what our fathers did. We was considered breadwinners. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we was the head of the household. We, uh, we, 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 we uh, did security in the, in the, in the household. Uh, we protected the family. And those are the roles that the man took. And the woman's role was that mostly that she was the, was the, the keeper of the house, Re- helped raise the kids, you know, fix the meals, clean the house, uh, do the, do the laundry, you know, keep the place clean, and, a, and also was a disciplinarian as well, disciplining the children, especially when the father would go out and work. Well, in the 21st century, those roles don't work today. Yes. Do you agree? Yes. Those roles don't work today. And because we have uh, women today, on the, on, on the women today, they don't need a man to secure them. They don't need a man to provide finances for them. They don't need a man to protect them. They don't need a man to make them happy. You know, they bring their own sources or resources to the table. And a lot of times, their resources are stronger than the men. So, can I ask you a question? Is that fact or is that a perception based off of how they've been conditioned because of the changes in the world? That's a fact because of the change of the world. Okay. You know, what what has happened is that the structure of society has allowed women to be more secure than a lot of men. They have got their own money. They got their own cars. They got their own homes. They can raise their children. And and in in a a lot of sense, they don't need a man to secure them or make them happy. Now, that's not 100% across the board, but it's strong. But it's strong. If you look at social media, now you may not see it in your community, but if you look on social media and on TV, these are powerful, uh, independent, strong women that are carrying their own. But there are things they do desire. Mm-hmm. So, there, so that is a fact also because society has changed. Women make more money than men. A lot of women make more money than their men. Mm-hmm. And, when, and, and men <clears throat> struggle trying to adapt to these strong, independent women. I see some disagreement in, in the audience, but that's okay. <laughs> but, um, and I'm going from the statistics that I've seen and I've looked up and that I'm dealing with when I'm doing, when I'm doing counseling. <clears throat> so, but, uh, but there's a, there, uh, we, we're going to come from the scripture, Proverbs uh, 19.21. Proverbs 19.21. And it says, there are many... De- Devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. And, and the King James talked about, and the, and the purpose of the Lord shall prevail. 
God's purpose, most men don't realize their God-given purpose. When you understand your God-given purpose, you can fulfill any role that is uh, presented to you. <laughs> but, you, but what happens is that when you're trying to fulfill a role that's not relevant today, <laughs> it, it, it confuses a man, especially when a man's ego. <clears throat> See, women don't want, they don't need a man to make them happy, but they do want happiness in a relationship. They do want happiness in a relationship. Not that the man makes them happy, but they don't want to be in a relationship where there's confusion, argument, and disagreement in an angry setting chaotic situation are you with me so so a big part of that has to do with a man knowing who he is prior to getting into that relationship that will help him to adapt to this new age of the world that we're living in in relationships in the way that the uh the status quo has changed culture change yes the culture change as far as society within exactly. the household and stuff like that. Because when a man doesn't know who he is, he struggles to, to try to fulfill a, a role that isn't relevant. Mm-hmm. Was you going to say something else first? Yeah, I, I came across this article as we talked about this here. I came across this article and it says, an important question likely arises for any boy or girl growing up in, Christ, in the Christian faith as both reflections of aging and maturing of character. The question is this, what does it really mean to be a man or woman of God? Societal wisdom suggests that every child entering the transitionary period from being a child to being an adult, we regard this time as adolescence, Mm -hmm. and by the end of being a child to being an adult, we regard this as adolescence. Ideally, the teenager becomes an adult and is an adult it is an adult, not just by age, but by character. A girl becomes a woman. A boy becomes a man. However, for a boy to become a man of God, he must adapt to characters that is not like the world, but rather reflect a reflection of Jesus Christ. And you're so tr- that's so true. But the struggle is getting those young men that already fulfilling ungodly profound roles today you know for instance <laughs> our, our young men are taking on the, the culture change whatever the cult, whatever the change is in the culture they adapt to it uh-huh. they, they become part of it so to get them to re uh, create a new mindset in them to take on the God purpose the church and the people of God must be patient with them and help them to be consistent in their change because without consistency, there's no change. And, and I can relate to that because prior to me being a part of Faith Harvest and, and meeting Dr. Williams, I didn't really have a godly man figure in my life to show me godly principles. Exactly. You know, and, and it wasn't an easy transition. It was some learning that I had to do. It was some dying to myself and some of the ways that I used to conduct myself to the ways that I watched how he conducted himself. I watched you and other men of God conduct themselves. And that, that, that had impact on my life, let alone me getting more into the word. Exactly. So, but you had a fed up time. You had a time when I'm fed up, I'm tired, that's it. I want to change, you know. And so, if that fed up, when that fed up time comes, then that's when the man or young boy can be able to make a progressive uh, walk towards the process of renewing his mind to understand his purpose in God. Because God's purpose will prevail. All of us have a purpose. Yes. We didn't come here without a purpose. God created us. Every, everybody's in here, sitting here, and on, in a, out in the audience have a purpose, a God-given purpose. A lot of times... People are dancing around their purpose based on some of the roles they're fulfilling, but not actually understanding that's their purpose. For instance, I have a couple that I'm counseling. They have a they have a situation that's going on between the two. They have a, a they're not they don't they're not uh, it's a blended family. He got kids, she got kids, and they they do excellent raising their kids. They ha- they are excellent raising their kids individually. 
Mm -hmm. Some of uh, one of them brought in foster child or a nephew. They excellent doing that, but their communications, understand as a husband and a wife trying to fulfill that role, they struggle. Mm -hmm. So I so my, I asked myself, what if your your God given purpose was to help minister to the children? You uh -huh. do that excellent. You got they well balanced. They're doing good in school. They come out of chaotic at atmospheres. They come out of broken homes. But when these people people got a hold of them, they began to nurture these kids. They're well-educated, they got degrees and all that. And a lot of times what happened, Pastor Rob, is that we become big-headed mm -hmm. with our role. We have a degree, we make uh -huh. six figures, we got BMWs, we got a townhouse and a five-story house, five-bedroom house. We have all, we got bank accounts, we got credit cards, we got all that, we got prestige on our job. But we do not know how to humble ourselves to each other to fulfill purpose so 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 role clashes so it brings me to this scripture here romans 12 2 which says do not be conformed to this Come age on. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good and pleasing and perfect will of god and that's a continuing progressive walk towards renewing mm -hmm. it's not a, just a one-time read of scripture i got I change my mind the way I see things. You gotta, you gotta have a purposeful change each day, and only thing ha allows you to make that change. It's not Macy's. No, it can't be. It's not Macy's, and it's, it's not your credit card, even though they do feel good. You know, they feel good when you go on Macy's, hit that credit card. But when the bill comes, you gotta have a mind change. That's right. The only thing Amen. gonna change that mind, renew that mind, is the Word of God. That's what the Word is designed to do. The word is designed to change the, your, mm. your inner Thank mindset, you. your character. Mm. Listen, wow. there is called a core belief system. Your core belief system is developed as you grow up, how you handle situations. Mm -hmm. And our young men, why do you think young men are, are wearing their pants down below their waist? That's a core belief system. It doesn't work in society. But you know what? Society is learning to adapt to it because they want to fulfill certain roles. They learn, they let them come in, but they try to change the way they dress. You know, you can come to work, you know, you, you can put there, do this job, but you know, pull your pants, pull your pants up, pull your pants up. But after they leave work, they drop the pants down again. That culture change has started years ago. Mm -hmm. Now you see it all over. over. We don't even talk about it no more. Mm. It, but it's a culture change. That has to be a mind change to change your core belief system. Your core belief system is things that, uh, that you establish based on how you feel when you're growing up that were valuable to you. Should I say that again? Your core belief system are the things that you, that you uh, learned to understand or dealt with when you were growing up. You felt that that was true. You felt it wasn't true. Then it caused a certain values that you had. Some of those values were wrong. Some of those things were untrue, but they were true to you. And because they felt like they was true, you did them. And it made you uh, make decisions based on your core belief system. That's the, what the mind change, uh, renewing has to be. Change that core belief system. Now, th that's the question I have for you. And, and so how do we begin that mind change? Like you said, for me, it got to a point where I was like, that's it. I want something different. I I. I my wife, you know, I want that wife. These are the things I prayed for, I asked for. So it's a sacrifice that I have to make of myself right. and letting those things go. So what is that point for other people? Because everybody point is differently. So how do we get to that point? How do we get them to understand that they need that, that mind shift in order to make that change for, for what they say they want? As, uh, as we said in Bible study Wednesday, there has to be a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That relationship with God uh, allows the Holy Spirit now to be a, a renewing of the mind, a revealing of truth to the inner man. When there is no relationship with God, <clears throat> only relationship you have is with your soul, your feelings. Somebody say something to you, you feel a certain way. You get angry, you get upset. Mm -hmm. So there has, so you're upset with, if, if you, and I, you and I got in an argument, and I'm upset with you. My, to get past the anger, I have to forgive you. 
no. whether I was right or whether you were wrong, wrong. or you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. But there, there has to be a, a, a forgiveness, and that forgiveness has to be real. It can't be real just to get past the day. I have to totally forgive you, let you go, not wanting any uh, revenge or some compensation because I'm angry. See, basically, your anger always wants you, wants compensation for the way it feels. You feel angry, somebody got to pay. Hmm. You got to let that go because it's going to blind you from receiving what the Holy Spirit going to reveal to you to change your core belief system. Amen. We, we got a question. I, if you will, pastors, if you'll go back just a minute, Pastor Rob just asked a question about, you know, that, that point, that breaking point is what I, is how I interpreted it mm -hmm. just now. I, I, if you could explain to someone young who doesn't understand or maybe doesn't have that foundation to be able to recognize it's God or the Holy Spirit that's now got you at your breaking point. How do they know when they're at their breaking point? Uh, we used a scripture last week, uh, Titus 2 and 11, said, for the grace of God that bring us salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodly lust, and we should live soberly before God wow. in this present age. And that scripture, what it says is that the Holy Spirit is always tugging on us to make the change. He always tugs. I don't know when they're going to humble themselves and listen to it, but he will never give up. The hmm. only way he gives up is you lose your mind. Lord, the Bible says, without a mind, you can't serve God. So what, if you lose your mind, for instance, if you just have a nervous breakdown and you need got to go into a, a program or something like that, then I, you know, I, I'm not even sure if he does, stops then. I don't know. I'm just saying he don't never give up. Give up. So all of us have a certain point that we have to o obey that voice that's pulling on us to surrender to God. And here I got a scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put aside childish things. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I reflected on even in my own life, that if I say this is something that I wanted, you know, and, and God presented it for me. There were some things that I had to set aside of my old self in order to move into this new area. Even when I was uncertain about it, there were some questions I had. And what I thank God for, and for most people, he, God placed people in your life to help you to get over those humps. Amen. He never leave you alone. You know, he give, he's given you his word, but he also has placed people in your life to help you to elevate you to that next level of where you want to go. And that's why I say, as far as Pastor Ray, Pastor Bruce, and other members of, of the congregation who became my family, my go-to, that godly figures in my life who helped me move to that next level because I didn't have that. I didn't have nobody who I can turn to who understood what I was going through in that transition. But through their experience and their walk with God, they were able to help me transition. And that's the same thing with mostly everyone here. There's some people that God has placed in your life to help you transition into that next level that you want to go or even where God is trying to take you to. So your transition time always had to well, it has to have a uh, program, mm -hmm. per se. There has to be a someone tutoring you. There has to be someone that's capable of helping you understand uh, your ups, your downs. Mm -hmm. Someone there to help you recognize what scripture to apply to what situation. Mm -hmm. Someone to help you navigate through the rough terrain. Mm -hmm. So there's always, there has to be a mediator there to help you understand what the Holy Spirit is revealing truth. Yes. So, you yes. know, so, so no, nobody grows on their own. Physically you grow, you get older, but we know there are some adults. I mean, they have adult bodies, but they have childish minds. You know, not because they didn't have an opportunity to grow in their mind, because they didn't, maybe they were not put in the right place or was teach the wrong thing. And a lot, you know, I, I was one. I was an adult. I had a childish mind. I had a silly attitude, you know. And but, like Trooper said, when I became a, a, 
an adult. I'm an adult. I had to put away childish things. Putting away childish things sometimes is hard because your flesh want to continue on with the childish things. You have to grow up on, on the inside and take charge. But Paul said, I bring my body in. You got to bring your body in to the to will the of God. Right. We have another question. Congratulations on your retirement as well. <laughs> thank you. Sister Debbie. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for this topic because as you were talking about how things have changed, how roles have changed mm -hmm. in the 21st century, and it's been a process, that whole changing of roles has been a process. Um, I've realized that I judge other pe younger people's behavior on the roles that I have perceived mm. that they mm -hmm. should also be doing. Good. So mm -hmm. I want to thank you for yeah, that because yeah. it, you know, it really opened my eyes just Praise because God. they're doing things that I wouldn't do. You know, I'm not the only person that knows how to do something. <laughs> Amen. You know, it, and that's powerful because they got, a lot of the young people got caught up in the culture change. You know, they got caught up. See, their environment dictate their behavior. If they're in an environment where there's drugs and, and, and there's mm -hmm. no discipline in the home, mm -hmm. and they're going to come out in society and act the way they, the environment that they, that's in their mindset. And they, then, a lot of them don't know. Yes, ma'am. And then they have to deal with people like me, um, not that I'm a bad person, but being judgmental and, and, and critical. Yes. yes. So I want to thank you for that. And then my second question was, if the roles have changed, what happens to Ephesians 5, 22? Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. But further down, I'm not going to read it all, it says that husbands love your, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So because of these role changes, do, does it become harder for this scripture to be um, like the foundation of a relationship. So you read Ephesians, which one did you start Ephesians? 5, 22, 23. Read 21 first. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So I'm going to shock some religious people. <laughs> this is a principle. It's not a format how you should walk. It's a principle. The scripture is a principle. It says submitting yourself one to another first. And it says, why submit yourself unto your, unto your husbands as unto the Lord? Husband, love your wives. That submission doesn't mean you're weak. Actually, it gives you power. That's right. When you can submit to someone, you know that they're acting up and they're wrong, to get them to humble themselves, to listen to you. Sometimes you got to submit to men's ego just to get them to settle down, sit down, and be quiet to hear what God is saying to the woman. Amen. So it's power. It's not weakness. And a man got to submit to a woman. Amen. A man has to submit to a woman her authority. Her, especially if she's making more money. Because she ain't going to want to supply your needs if you are out of control. Mm. You have to humble yourself and submit to what she has to, to put to add to the relationship. Amen. Let, me, let, me, let me say these three things that relationships <laughs> need today. Relationships, they want happiness. Every relationship wants happiness. When I met my wife, my wife had everything going on. She had a Cadillac, diamond in the back, zigging in the, she had it all. Big grill, she was leaning, she had money, she had clothes, she had everything. She didn't need me for nothing but love. Love, come on, real love. Not no ooey ooey, kiss me every day, which is okay. But real intimacy love. <clears throat> Relationship with happiness, intimacy, and passion. Passion. They want you to be passionate about the journey that God has you going through. The vacations, spending time together, uh, you know, going to doing things and not, not being angry all the time, not being stressed out. Nobody wants to be in a relationship being stressed out because people can supply their own need based on their jobs because they're making money now. Did you hear Target's, 
target starting to pay $24 an hour. Everybody, they go, everybody, that's going to come up. People are going to start paying good money to get people to work. People will have money, but they still will have stresses because they don't fulfill purpose. They're trying to fulfill a culture-changing role. Amen. So I tell you, we're on the right topic because I didn't know fully what we were going to be discussing, and God had me pull up these, this here, and it touched right on to what Miss Debbie just spoke on. And it, I'm going to read that scripture again. It says, we sub- wives, submit your, to your husbands as the Lord, as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. And it says, this verse could be misconstrued as what modern American society deems toxic masculinity. Without critical thinking, the verse could be interpreted as a woman needed to willingly submit to men no matter the circumstances. However, the second verse adds important clarifications. Women are to submit to men not for abuse or manipulation, but to be loved and protected. What you just said. It's a principle. It says, Jesus loved the church. Husbands are to love their wives. And it says here, based on what Jesus revealed through his words and character, being a man of God involves loving your partner, including wives or girlfriends. We love with authority, protection, and direction. For Jesus to state that wives should submit to husbands means that men have to honor the the responsibility of taking care of their counterparts. We can evaluate our success in this area simply by comparing our character to that of Jesus. We can study how Jesus treated the church and his disciples, then ask ourselves, where can we be better emulate that behavior? Amen? Amen. So it says here, that males have relationships different than manhood by roles. A role can be that he feels he's the head of the household, he works, he brings the money, brings the money home, and all that. But also, it may that that role may not fit in every household. Roles mm. changes. Yes. Roles changes. Changes all the time. And also, relationships are different for men and women now that we no longer depend on one another for security or survival. Mm. Security or survival. You know, you, you, you said something earlier when you talked about Lady A, her independence, where she didn't have a, 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 a financial need nope. for you, but she desired a love a relationship. relationship. Yes. You know, and, and that was something that attracted me to my wife. She was independent. Yes. She didn't need me, but I knew that us together, she could become more than what she already is. Yes. And I can become more than what I am. And, and, and that's the important part, being able to build one another up. And that's what God wants us to do. We're supposed to be building blocks for one another. Exactly. And, uh, our, our core system of spirituality is to be relational. Mm-hmm. God, God created us to be relational. When a man should leave his father and mother and cleave his wife, they should become one. That oneness is to mean that they're one mind, spirit, and body. Yes. That they walk together and progressively walk as one. There should be no battle to pull because you got this, I got that. My wife got her own car. I can't go out there and jump in her car and ride on down the street and say, can I use your car? I got a car too, but if, I, if my car broke down, I have to ask permission to get her car. I can't automatically, okay, she ain't going to drive much. No. Mm-hmm. Because believe me, strong, independent woman is sitting there saying, you didn't ask. <laughs> and this is going to hurt your ego when she say, you didn't ask. Because mm-hmm. she's, te- she's not saying no. But you might interpret it, oh, you don't want me to drive your car? No. She's asking, you respect me. That's right. In your passion with our relationship, respect me. Have consideration. Yes, consideration. Question? Well, kind of question, kind of statement here. Um, I just want to speak to what you're saying when it comes to the balance of the roles and purposes in the marriage relationship. That's the first thing I want to establish. We're talking about marriage relationship. Gotcha. A little bit different when we're talking about single relationships. Yes. So I, I, if you will, when you get a minute, speak to, if you two could speak to that. Okay. But the, uh, the, the word started off in the beginning in Genesis establishing the balance in this. In Genesis 2, where God tells um, 
men and women what to do on earth. Mm -hmm. And he never gave either dominion over the person, right. but over the earth. Right. So that was purpose. And that was, pur and that was purpose. Yeah, that was purpose. And then later he established a role yes. in what we're to do with each other. Yes. And so I, I think Sister Debbie spoke, when she asked the question, uh, spoke to this that the roles and the purposes have never changed. Society has altered some things, but they haven't changed. How we react in those roles and purposes is what has adjusted. You know, a lot of times we take, we want to bring up, we want to bring uh, the old tradition into the new. It doesn't work. It mm -hmm. doesn't work. Yes, the, role, the, the roles haven't changed because, I mean, with, as far as the man and the woman, right. but they were principles. Yes. They was God, they work, they work. if you apply them with, with respect and, 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 and consideration. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I can't make my wife do anything. I, you know, I can't, I can't make her do nothing. But my father made my, made my mother do things. He demanded. He made it. He, you know, he was, come on. You know, because he brought the money home. He brought, you know, and he was the man. He walked mm -hmm. in the house like the man, you know. Big macho. That was, you know, that was a, but that doesn't work today. No. You know, that was then, but this is now. And now, it, look, Miles Monroe said something. He said, he said, if you don't change, change will change you. If you don't learn to change, the change will change you. And you don't want to, you don't want change change you because you're going to change you into an ugly person because you're fighting against change. And it's not asking you to, to be weak. It's asking you to grow up and apply what God has established as a principle. Amen. So here it says here, um, the scripture says men are to be the head of the household, Ephesians 5.22. We were just speaking about that. It says here, man of value elevation in the Bible does not equate to superiority over women. Mm -hmm. Eve, when Eve was created from Adam, she was taken from his ribs, Genesis 2.22. Inferiority, as uh, Dr. James M. Tour states, is in his sermon of the book of Genesis, she was taken from his side. Men and women are thus equal when yes. we're playing different roles in private or public life, like Pastor Bruce just said. Therefore, being a man of God is not something to be condemned, but rather to be encouraged. For any boy to be becoming a man or men, or men trying to commit themselves more thoroughly to God there is an answer to the question. Unsurprisingly, the Bible provides us with numerous examples of how we can become men of God. And here are three, here, here's a point, um, an example of man in the scripture. After removing him, uh, this is from Acts 13, 22. Mm -hmm. David, he raised up David as, a, as their king and testified to him, I found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after God's own heart. To be a man after God's own heart. You know, and me growing up and, and being in some of the situations I was in, I didn't think God can use me. I found myself feeling less, less of a person of God yes. because I didn't know who God was. Right. I didn't really understand. But as I got to read more about who God was, I began to understand that even in my shortcomings, God can Come use on. me. Yes. And, and, and I say this to every men and women, yes. that regardless of what you may go through, if you look throughout the Bible, God used the most unpopular person to do extraordinary things. So don't think that God cannot use you. And I speak, I speak really to the men right now because a lot of men think that some of the things they've done yeah, in their yeah. past or maybe even doing right now that they can't be used. It's just about a mind change, yeah. doing something different and allow that Holy Spirit, that's, that spirit that's speaking to you right now when you're about to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing, to start reacting and responding and making a change. You know, God, and watch God change your life. God is not your enemy. Amen. God is not a mean spirit. God is a loving God. God is a forgiving God. He will bring you in wherever you are. All you got to do is confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess at your mouth and believe in your heart. You're going to be saved. Just like that. You saved. It's overdone. 
You may not, it may not be no doves flying in the air. You may not get no chill, chill bumps running up and down your spine. But according to the, to the purpose, uh, to the uh, will of God, you're saved. You accepted Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. It's over. It's done with. Now, let, let me tell you what the Holy Spirit told me uh, one day. I was about to get in the shower. And the Holy Spirit said, do you realize how much, how many things have to go right every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month in your body for you to exist? Hmm. How many things have to go right in you? All day long, your heart, your lungs, your, your everything, your blood, your temperature, all, your, your, everything. Everything has to go right all the time inside of you. Amen. And all I'm asking you to do is to change your mind. Mm. To seek me. Mm. Seek my kingdom. I'll take care of everything else. All I want you to do is take care of your mind. Take care of your mind and everything else will run and function right. Yeah. So, Pastor Bruce, I, I came across this scripture here, 2 Corinthians. Because young men are dying quick. Because they're not taking care of their mind. Excuse me, brother. Yeah, you good. They're dying quick. They're dying quick. They're killing each other because they're not taking care of their mind. There are older men walk, walk right now with high blood pressure. They got prostate cancer. They got colon cancer because they had never been to a doctor. They're dwindling away because they hadn't taken care of their mind. You call it the God that deliver you, but you got to take care of your mind. Once he deliver you, now he wants you to take care of your mind so you can take care of your body. Hmm. I'm 71. I, listen, I've been through Superfly, the Philly Bop, the Philly Dog. I've been through the Ten High. Come on, wine and Kool-Aid the year. Come on, y'all. I've been through all that mess. I watched Superfly, all of them. I watched the, the pimps, the hustlers, the prostitutes, all of them die away. But I would never leave the church. I kept running back to the church. Because I was scared. But me kept going back and saved my life. I'm here today because of God. So there wasn't I want, nothing great about me. It's because of God. And I'm thankful. Pastor Bruce, you just said this. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit brought this. To, and, and this is probably addressed to most of us who are more, more mature right now. Ecclesiastes 2.26, written in um, New Living Translation. To the person who pleases him. Mm-hmm. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Come on. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering Come on. and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And that's what you just said. Let me tell you this story. Job. When you read about Job, Job was wealthy. Matter of fact, they said Job loved God and he, he, he despised evil. Mm-hmm. He did everything right. He was a perfect man according to God. Did you read scripture? He had thousands of this, hundreds of that, had cows, camels, all that. He, had all, he was the wealthiest man in the east. Job had it all. He was doing everything right according to God's eyesight, according to God's principles, God's laws. He was doing everything right. The devil shows up one day and said, he's only doing it because you got a hedge of protection around him. And listen, Job understood his role and his purpose. Don't let anybody misunderstand Job. Job says some things that we didn't understand at times. If he, if, if he slay me, I was, you know, mm-hmm. you know. But Job loved God. He kept his mind full. Even when his friends came against him, he did not, even when his wife said, curse him and die. It's not worth it. You're in too much pain. All that Job went through. He understood his role and his purpose. Do you, can you imagine having all those servants, all that wealth, all that cattle, and still have the wisdom and to understand the logistics of how to take care of it? Do you understand that? He understood all the roles, how to take care of people, how to take care of his animals, how to take care of all those things, and still be the wealthiest person in the East. And the devil came against him and wiped everything out in a matter of days. Can you imagine being wiped out from all of that in a matter of days? It will devastate your mind. Hmm. It would come on, y'all. Some of y'all lose a credit card or you're gonna repossess your car. Come on, you can't take it. You get laid off, get get fired, or or, or come on, get, get uh, downgrade on your job, you lose your mind. Mm-hmm. 
That's this right. man did not lose his mind. And he was, his body was covered with sores. The dogs were licking him. Come on, y'all. The man was devastated. And the Bible talking about these light afflictions that we're going through. Come on, there's a little weight of glory. Come on. And I just want to touch on to this because this here, this here brings us right into this here. What can we learn? Another one I want to talk about <laughs> from Paul for about faith and redemption. Okay. Second Corinthians four sixteen. It says, "Therefore we do not give up, even though our outer person Come on. is being destroyed." Our inner person is being renewed day by day. Part of being a Christian in relationship with God, a man of God, a woman of God, is being, is preserving, uh, preserving under pressure and tribulation. Suffering can come in the form of work, marriage, temptation, but in each circumstance, we have a choice on how we respond. These words from Paul point back to this truth. No matter what happens externally, even though we age and come closer to death day by day, we can renew our minds and souls by emulating Christ. As we know through Jesus, we we are not immune to the temptations of sin. And sometimes we may act like David and fall. But Paul had his struggles too, going so far as to persecute Christians before converting to the faith. So no matter where we are in life or what we have done, God can use us to further his kingdom. He can convert us from men of the world or women of the world to men and women of his kingdom. Pastor Bruce, you just spoke on that. We simply have to be like Paul and make the choice to follow God. Then as we watch our bodies deteriorate over the years, we, st- we, we will still find joy knowing that the spirit yearns more and more to be with God. God spoke, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. That's my scripture. I got it on my keychain. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. So, so regardless of what may afflict you here in this world, if we begin to trust God, trust God. We spoke about Mother Glory today. She turned 80 yesterday. And you look at her, you wouldn't think she a day over 60 or, or even less than that. Because the way she carries herself, she doesn't allow the burdens of the, this world. And the same thing I said about you, Pastor Bruce, to... to to weigh down on you in spite of what you guys may have been through. You don't look like what you've been through. And this is what Christ will do for you. If you don't allow the burdens of this world to carry you and you allow yourself to be renewed daily in him, not in this world, but in him. And that's what this is about today, knowing your purpose and living in that. Amen? Amen. You spoke about Paul, the scripture saying that the outer man perished. Mm-hmm. daily, but your, your inner, inner man is renewed day. day by day. That renewing is an opportunity. Amen. It's a principal opportunity that God applied in us when you come to Christ. Yes. The opportunity is only uh, misunderstood when you don't know God. Hmm. You blow the renewing time. But God can renew it. He can speed it up. That's right. You know, he can speed it up for me. Yes. You know. I, I missed a lot of opportunities to get to renew my mind and myself on the inside, being foolishly, blaming myself, being mm. angry, being depressed, being, being upset because somebody said this. I don't want to carry nobody around in my head that, that's an enemy to me. That's they right. may not like me, but I'm getting rid of them out of my head. I don't have time. It's too much work. It's too much weight. I got things to do. I want a good night's sleep. I, don't want, I want to be able to enjoy the day when the robin tweet, tweet, tweet. I want to be able to hear him. You know what I mean? I want the flowers start to bloom. I want to see them blossom. You know, I don't want to be caught up with the care of this world or the deceit of riches. I know God has taken care of me. He has blessed me. I'm not rich, but I'm blessed. I'm rich in Christ. Praise God. I don't worry. I don't need anything. I don't worry about anything. 
And look, it, it, look, it took a long time getting there, but I'm happy I'm here. You know, Pastor Bruce, you said something important. We serve a God who created everything. 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 And in the beginning, he said, you ought to have dominion yes. over the world. But what's happening is we have allowed the world, world to have dominion over us. We begin to pursue after things that God has already given us. Yeah. That's because the culture, culture shifting and the culture change is moving so fast. Yeah. Things are, are, are changing so fast. Yeah. The styles that they wear now, I wore them when I was 18. The little skinny leg pants. Now they, I said, look at this. But, you know, I'm too old for that. I can't wear tight pants no more. You know what I mean? It, it don't work on me. So I can't, I can't change to that. I'm going to be me and who I am where God called me to be. Amen. Like once, one lady on my job said, you're seven years old. How come you don't dress like an old man? Because I'm not an old man. Amen. I'm on the inside day by day. I'm not an old man. I'm a mature man. That, I still got go. it going on. That's right. Shoot, come on, old man. Man. I looked at her and said, you look older than me. But I, I didn't say it out loud, though. <laughs> and see, and, and that's the shift in society. There's an expectation of how you're supposed to look, how yes. you're supposed to carry yourself. And, 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 and that's outside of God. Yes, that's, that's a worldly perspective. And what happens, we get tossed to and fro based off of what the world says. Yes. You know, and, and I, I shared the word about FOMO, fear of missing out. And, and we begin to chase after things because we think we're going to miss yes. out. You know, God provides everything we need but what happens is the world got us chasing after what we want yes if we just focus on and be thankful for what we need all the things we want god will add to us let me ask this question <clears throat> just put this question out there <clears throat> think about what you think about all day long hmm. think about what comes up into your mind all day long think about how you handle what you think about all day long think about what decisions that you think about that you make in your mind all day long. Think about what you think about all day. If you think about those things and they, they are negative, then you're having a bad day. I don't care how much money they give you. I don't care what, what raise you get. But if your mind is not uh, prosperous and happy, the boss said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. He didn't think it was robbery to, to humble himself. He was the equal with God. He humbled himself to become a servant. Servant. He didn't, he didn't, he could, he, look, he had the, the power. He created everything. But he had a mind that he wanted to serve those that God created. He humbled himself. So, so Pastor Bruce, can I ask you a question? Do you think one of the main issues with us in society now is not having a servant mindset? Everything, everything we do, we feel that I, I shouldn't be doing that. I deserve more for what I'm cult, doing. Cult, culture shifting has caused us to be selfish. <clears throat> yes. yes. A, it, it is yes. selfish. <clears throat> there are people that only think about themselves because they, they don't feel good about themselves on the inside. Mm. Like, I, like one young lady uh, said to me, she said, I will come to your seminar, but I don't want to hear about that I'm always picking a bad person. Well, that's who you pick. <laughs> don't tell me what, not to, how to teach my seminar if you pick the bad person all your life maybe it's the way you think about yourself mm. come on now why you keep thinking keep uh, picking boo boo and you, he knocking you side the head you know pick somebody else trust God let God lead you to somebody if you know he's the wrong person the red, the red flags will come up the first month you met him I mean he, the signs are there he, he's selfish, he's stingy, he's lazy, he, he's angry. You ain't got to ignore those because you want to be somebody with you. So, those are signs that you don't need to be when that, that person in your brain, in your mind. So, Pastor Bruce, before we get to the next question, so one of the things that I, I'm getting is that we have to do some self-evaluation. Exactly. We have to look at ourselves in a mirror and begin to recognize those things that we're weak in, those things that we're strong in, and begin to cultivate Build on those things that we're strong and work on those things that we're weak in. And that will help us formulate and begin to walk in our purpose. And we may need someone to help us establish a pattern, yeah. a process, a plan on how to change our mindset. Yeah. That's what the Word of God does. It helps you change. You know, everybody's, everybody's, change, everybody's uh, uh, progressive change isn't the same. But the Holy Spirit has a, has a way to help you 
and what you need. Some people got depression. Listen, we had an individual that worked with us, and she, she, had, she had anxiety, bipolar, depression. She, they, they prescribed the wrong medication for her. She, she got worse. But she met a person that prescribed the right medication, and then she started applying the word of God. Because she was Hallelujah. applying the word of God, she had a chemical imbalance. It was something that she inherited from her grand great great grandparents. Now, it was chemically some things that enzymes in her body that she didn't get naturally. So she had to take medication to bring her back in balance. She was prescribed the wrong medication. And she went off the deep end all the time. She was fine sometimes, but most of the time she was off the deep end. When she got the right medication, the word of God started working. Yes. Started applying. Then her purpose became excellence. Yes. Everything she puts her hand to do which in her purpose become excellence. Now she's self-sufficient. She's making her own money. She has her own company. Amen. Oh, my God. Amen. I was proud to be part of that journey. Amen. I said, glory to God. And listen, it wasn't me that prescribed. I, don't have, I can't write no doctor's uh, note, I mean, no prescription. But she found, she prayed, and the Lord led her to somebody that will write the right prescription for the right medication. Amen. It took, her, it took her a couple weeks to get there, but when she got there, she's been Zooming ever since. Amen. Pastor Bruce, you are so right about to think about what you're thinking. Mm. Because I just retired. I worked at a place for 35 years, and I'm very grateful that I had that job. But the, the past couple years, like COVID hit, people in my office were working from home. I was going into work every day, which is fine. I don't mind because my work is my work and my home is my home. But I started to get a little resentful and I started to get really resentful and people were just getting on my last nerve and I thought about, oh, what's this person going to ask me today and blah, <laughs> blah, blah. But now I don't have to think about that in the and I prayed about it every day, but I was giving away my yes. power yes. to wow. other people. You're renewing power. Amen. Right, Amen. and I struggled with that for the longest time. But mm. then, even when I made the decision to retire, and I did that like eight, six months ago, I still p let people get on my last nerve, you know. And, and it was making me absolutely miserable. But it was funny because they sent around a keepsake book for me at work. And everybody thought I was so nice. <laughs> but between my ears, right. not all the time, <laughs> but between my ears, which is where it counts, Amen. I was nasty. Amen. Think about, uh, there's a lot of people that are like that now. They, have a, they show on the outside that you're okay. But inside, they're going through hell. And it's a struggle, you know. But well, thank God you made it 35 years. You retired on March 4th. Praise God. That's a blessing. Elder. I just want to say, you said something about the think process. And, and I, I just have to reiterate for us that the think process doesn't work good if you're spinning it around in your head all the time. <laughs> You've you got to get to the word. The transformation of the think process happens because you apply the word to the think process in your head, because otherwise the only voice you always hear is you. That's right. And, and the other part of that was, I, I needed to say this, and this is very simple. A lot of times we're going to complicate the word of God and this process. It can be a whole lot easier. Psalms 144.15, really simple. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. For those who don't know what that means is that the God is the head of your life. You do what he says do. You go where he says go. You, you think what he thinks. You, you be what he is. That means he, you follow him. So all your happiness is in following God. Now, it's not easy all the time, but the truth is when you do this, everything else, the word says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all of his righteousness and all these things are added. All that other stuff adds to it after that. It's a lovely... Oh, sister. Yeah, I don't... Um, 
I don't want to sound like I'm rebuttaling anything because I, I believe the word and I, I read the scriptures, I quote them, I'm in the mirror. Um, at your high points, those scriptures work for you, right? You, you're feeling, you got a little momentum going. Um, for me, I'm going to talk about my situation. I have a vision. Um, I, I, I got a dance team. I've had one since I was 18. We were doing a lot of things. Had a lot of girls. I had a vision. And I get to a point, I feel like I get somewhere, and then boom, I'm always rebuilding. Um, but I think I wrote down some things where my mind, I, I struggle in my mind because when I'm starting over again, I feel like I get the embarrassment of there she go again. It's, you know what I mean? I get the embarrassment. I feel let down like, wow, I thought it was my time. And then, you know, you're reading the scriptures and things, but then you have people who you trusted, such as leadership sometimes, who are telling you, go for it, go for it, and then one year you're not ready. So you get kind of confused of what you're supposed to do to keep your momentum going. Well, me, I'm not going to say you. I get confused on how to keep it going. Not that I don't believe I can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I don't believe I can do it. I know I can do all things, but after applying the word, after doing what you need to do, what? What? What now? You know what I'm saying? What to keep Keep it going without always right. feeling like... Feeling that way. Yeah, yeah feeling like yeah. you always let down, yeah. always so, drop. You know, let's wait a minute. Um, your core belief has... That's, in, that's your core belief. That's not you. That's what you choose to allow to be you. When you get at that point, you have to stop there. One, see, if you always go to the line and stop and turn back, the devil know how far you're going to go. He's watching how far you're going to go. Then he puts the roadblock on like, Remember, we have an enemy to the soul. He ain't an enemy to your spirit. He's an enemy of the soul who controls the body. Yes, yes. So if he knows that you're going you're to feel that way, he puts the pressure for you to feel that way. You have to, keep te- you have to get to that point where things don't go right. You've got to confess to yourself, they're going to get better. I can do all things through Christ. This is just a moment, a season. I'm, I'm, I'm called for this purpose. I can do this. These girls belong to me. God placed them in my life. You got to talk yourself happy. You can't keep on allowing that point to be who you want to be. See, you do that. You know, and it takes time. It's not, yeah, you said the word works at its high point. It works at the low point too. That's when it mostly works at the lowest point. But you have to, you have to speak it at the lowest point, believe it, embrace it, and walk in it. Don't let sadness be a, be a, be, look, sadness had cousins. It caused sadness, low self-esteem, and anger and animosity. They hang out together. Once you're sad, they're going to bring all the cousins with them, and they're going to bombard your day, and next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night, you still up, still sleep, got to go to work. Still trying to figure out the plan. The plan was to trust God and speak life to where death is trying to overtake you. You've got to always speak life. Amen. You've got to be consistent with our program that we had. We started six months, a year ago, when you missed your appointment. <laughs> Mother Glory. I'm only saying. I'm only saying. Yeah, I want to ask a question. Yes, ma'am. We are in this world. We're struggling with a lot of things. And Pastor talking about the role to be played by a man. Adam... Did he have a role to be played before Eve were betrayed by the enemy or by by Satan? Yes, he had a role. Did he he play that role? Yeah, he had a purpose, and he had roles to fill. You can see that his role was excellent because he named every every creature. He was excellently listening to the Holy Spirit. Because every creature he named then, we still call today. So his role and his purpose was, was evident. But as human we are, we can get tricked up. He, he was human. Even though he walked with God and he, he was uh, having fellowship with God, he got tricked up and the enemy came in. So you, you got to understand that when you break a, a principle of God and Adam broke the principle of God, he brought life to death. Oh, Lord. That's what I was thinking. He brought life to death. Death had no power until he broke the law. Then he get, then death had power to kill. It was established that's death, but it had no power to kill nothing because nothing died. Then when he broke a principle, death came alive. And death has been reigning ever, ever since.
but it has a it has an expiration date. Jesus gave it an expiration date. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, and just to touch back on to what she was talking about as far as that that transformation, what happens is sometimes, and, and we're going to very close in a minute, what happens is we, we don't honor God for the little things. You know, we miss the opportunity to give thanks for the little things so we don't recognize, we don't recognize the little things that he's already done or that he's doing. So because we don't see it the way we think it should look like, yeah. we think nothing is being accomplished. And here it says... The process of being transformed into the image of Christ is not accomplished overnight. Therefore, we will likely ask this question to ourselves multiple times throughout life. Asking ourselves the question multiple times is not in itself problematic. Where we must be careful is identifying where we get our answers. So we must seek answers from the proper source. What better source of wisdom than the Bible? Scriptures is replete with examples of men and women showing modern men and women how to pursue God both in word and action. And this is what we're getting back to. We got to begin to seek. We got to begin to hear God and recognize what he's doing and what he's already done. Yeah. Where you was at is not where you've been is not where you're at right now. It may not be where you want to be. But it's far from where you were. So if we begin to give thanks and recognize that, how much more can he add? But if we don't recognize and give him thanks for what he's already done, how can I add more to you? You're not going to give your kids anything more if they don't give thanks and honor what you already gave them, right? So that's the same thing with God. Right. We got to honor and give thanks for what he's already done. Then he can add more to us. Because otherwise, we're showing we're not ready for it because we don't even recognize what he already done yet. And, and sister, sister uh, you're doing a powerful service. Amen. Because you, you're, you're, you're dealing with the young. You're dealing with the, with the kids. That's powerful. The enemy don't like that. Just remember, you're a warrior. You're much stronger than what you think you are. You got more power than what you realize. But you have to apply it. Because where you, where you were, that's, the, that, that's, that's over. That's the old you. That's right. You're greater than that. Amen. You're much greater than that. And those kids, believe me. They're going to benefit if you apply God's principle to your life and share it with them. You'll see the results later on in life. And you'll be so proud of what God has done in them. Amen. One more time. Amen. And I, I won't get up again. I promise you I won't get up again. But I need to, to encourage my sister, my, my child, and others who God has given us these gifts and anointings to, to complete some things. But Christ fought the enemy. And he had the greatest gift, anointing, and purpose of all. The battle is real. You will fight the battle. But God says that he's given us the victory. God says you may have to fight, but the battle's his. God says that you are more, and we don't hear that, more than a conqueror. Which means that the fight's coming, but you're going to win. So... In the middle of these things, we have to learn to stand. Even when it don't look like we're going to make it, stand and see, and this is really important, the salvation of the Lord, which means he's going to save you through it if you stand. But if you don't show up for the fight, he can't save you through it. Amen. Imagine this. See the scripture, we're more than a conqueror. That means he already fought the battle and gave you the trophy. You already got the trophy. You already got the prize. You're already excellent. You already got the crown. You already won. It's just the enemy trying to uh, fog our minds up to make us believe that we're still fighting the battle. The battle's been already fought. All we have to do is walk in it and trust God. Praise God. Amen. It says here, the more we can be like Jesus, surely the closer we will come to God. But we will also serve the, to, as a ex divine example for our husbands, our wives, our children, friends, and the community. And that is a true man and woman of God. Amen? Amen. So we're about to close right now. Um, we implore you, next week is church anniversary, 23 years. We ask that you come out, join us, represent. If you've been a part of the ministry, come show your face. Be a part of 23 years of Faith Harvest. 
um, to celebrate Faith Harvest, Dr. Williams, the, uh, the, uh, the man of the house that God has given him. And, and, and we welcome you to be a part of that. On Sunday, March 13th, please come be a part of what we're doing here. And as we say all the time, the ministry is, uh, the word is free, but ministry costs. So if God placed on your heart to sow a seed, please sow a seed, whatever God placed on your heart to do. So we thank you. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. He will be back this Wednesday. So come be a part of what we're doing here at Faith Harvest on Wednesday night Bible study. Come ask your questions. If you can't make it in, join us online, ask questions there. And as I said, if you got questions from today, ask them online and we'll try to answer them on Wednesday. God bless you. We love you. On behalf of Dr. Williams and First Lady and the Faith Harvest family, God bless and have a blessed rest of your day and week.